0: The following episode has been recorded in advance of tonight's broadcast. Welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Mark Schall, broadcasting from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say. And I sometimes coach listeners who call in live on the air. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. Tonight is another coaching hour, and we already have some callers in the queue, so we're going to jump right in and get started with some coaching here on Mark My Words.
1: Our first caller for this evening, who's already waiting on the line, is Lucia. Lucia, thank you for calling Mark My Words.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Certainly, certainly. So uh, what can I help you with this evening?
2: Um, Well, I wanted to bring up the subject of something I've been dealing with for a while, And, um, I'm 28 years old right now, and, um, I'm happily married, and, um, married with a wonderful husband who I know he loves me, and he's constantly reminding me how beautiful I am and how much he loves me, yet, um, which I appreciate so much, and it makes, you know, an an amazing difference in the quality of our marriage. However, um... I've noticed, and it's come to my attention that it seems like I still seek a lot of validation from um, my physical beauty, with you know, from other people, specifically other men. Um, and I do, I am actually very self-conscious about my body due to certain history, dealing with a brain stroke a few years, and when I was little, um, abuse, and another condition I currently have with PCOS. Very difficult hormonal um, imbalances that cause a lot of annoying system, uh, symptoms for women. So all that that little package together, you know, obviously causes a lot of you know little insecurities, insecurities physically, um, and causes a lot of self-consciousness. But it seems that still, uh, because I deal with that, um, I've noticed that I tend to exploit those moments where I feel. Attractive by someone else, and I—it's not that I actively seek that atten- attention, but I respond to that attention. And you know, it's something that I would want to be able to come to a place where I don't need that, or not responding to it, and you know, fair—not just for my husband, but also, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be able to to be happy and comfortable with myself that I don't necessarily need that external, you know, mm-hmm. attention and validation from men. Okay.
1: Okay, great, great. So first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um I, I I think it takes a lot of courage to be uh vulnerable in the way that you're allowing yourself to be to share yeah. to share some of that stuff. So so thank you for that. Um, no so what I'm hearing is that uh you you have some insecurities around uh your appearance, uh weight, uh some stuff related to a stroke and other sorts of concerns mm-hmm. that you've had in the past. Um okay that contribute to uh, having some stuff going on about your appearance Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, and that you're constantly, or to a large degree, maybe is better as an easier way of saying it, uh, seeking, or not seeking, you said you don't actively seek the external validation, but when it comes, you respond to it and that you wish Mm -hmm. you wouldn't, you wish you didn't feel the need for it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Great, and you also said that you're... uh, uh, that in terms of your marriage, this is really not an issue because you know that your husband sees you as as beautiful and attractive and wonderful and desirable, and, and there's 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 no uh, there's no notable insecurities there.
2: Right, and yeah, that seems to not be enough.
1: And, right, and it it's seems good. to not be enough yeah. for you. Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. let, let me ask you a question, Lucia. You you mm-hmm. you said how you you mentioned how you respond when men show you. Uh, attention that's based on your appearance other men um, tell me what you mean by respond
2: good question um, and and also to clarify a little bit not just responding to <clears throat> excuse me the the, the physical um, attributes I mentioned or whatnot it's overall how certain friends that have known me for a while or that we had certain history or whatnot Um, use all of it, you know, the previous relationship, the previous history with the personality and then the constant, you know, how beautiful you are if you were next to me, I would hug you, stuff like that, Um, that kind of get me that sense of, you know, well, I'm still wanted or desired by this person and, you know, why does it mean so much to me? But respond in a way that in some cases maintaining that relationship, that probably wouldn't be best for me to maintain that kind of relationship or that kind of communication or language mm-hmm. um, on, you know, thank you, you too, you know, I, I miss you too, and I miss Mama too, or constantly, you know, posting a, you know, show me a picture, it's like, oh, my gosh, you look so great right now, and this and that, and, and responding to that language. Mm-hmm. You know, why why is that still present? You know, I don't really need it. Why is that important to me to maintain that kind of language and relationship and
1: communication. Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you say that it, it wouldn't be good to continue that, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of relationship, uh, are, are you saying it wouldn't be good to continue that particular relationship or just that way of interacting inside of that relationship?
2: Mainly that kind of, yeah, that kind of uh, reacting to a relationship. I don't think it's a, uh, harmful relationships, especially, you know, the the few people that, that, that happens, But usually it's not where I live, it's not people around me directly. Right, gotcha. Um, you know, but, but even so, like a few friends around me that compliment, oh, they look at me in a way that as a girl, you know, how they're looking at you, you know, that sense of desire or they give you a special look and, and, and not necessarily to respond that, but to like it and you know, instead of okay, I'm gonna walk this way now.
1: <laughs> right. So you're so you're yeah. talking about by responding. It sounds like you're talking about the the internal response that you have.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Okay. How much of an external response is there too? Because you talk about you know, then you walk a little bit differently. Um, what, what I get the sense of is that it it, it gets. I'm mean, getting the feeling that you might subtly respond externally by by uh, with, with some kind of flirtatious behavior. Yeah.
2: It could happen, and in the moment I might not be conscious of it because mm-hmm. it's, it's part of my personality, and, and this my husband knows that. Um, and I've told him from the beginning, I tend to be flirtatious, but not in the post that I'm going to jump to the guy's arms or touch him or any way, but, you know, the smile, the mm-hmm. the gesture, the hair, you know, or, or just making sure I look extra nice or special event or encounter or something,
1: you know? And how much is your husband aware of the struggle that you're sharing with me right now? How much is he aware of that struggle?
2: Um, Actually, we had a conversation about, I want to say a month, month and a half ago, where and and it came out a lot from talking about a situation that he's dealing with, that he struggles with, and by talking about how that's affecting me, this came up. And I, and I tell him, you know, I sort of confess, I understand, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I feel like this is going on, and I don't want it to be like that, and if you ever notice it and it hurts you, you know, I'm sorry, I want to apologize, uh, but I'm trying to work on this. And he completely supported me and was very, uh, he acknowledged me and, you know, showed me a lot of re- uh, love, responsive love.
1: So you're, so you're in this together? Yes, yeah. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sound like you're married to quite a good man.
2: Yeah, have good communication. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So he, you, you said that he struggles with something, and somehow, I guess his behavior in 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 whatever that struggle is, it mm-hmm. plays somehow plays directly into the insecurities you have um, yeah. about about your appearance. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: Okay. Okay. So. Um, great what I really love is the awareness that you have the self-awareness that you have Um, Mm -hmm. is it it sounds pretty high level Um, and Mm -hmm. what I also like is the communication that you and your husband have because what makes Mm -hmm. this what what could make this a lot worse right is if you didn't have that kind of communication it would just add a whole nother layer that's really difficult. yeah so it's 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 really uh, wonderful uh, that uh, that you have that you have that with him Um, so So let me ask you this, Lucio, what, what's the, what's the belief that you have in life that generates the need that you identify for this kind of attention?
2: Um, it's in the not good enough family for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I guess an uh, internal need to prove that I'm more than just a pretty face, and um, the deep desire to feel uh, love, attracted and accepted by everyone um, because of my internal struggle that. I have a hard time accepting myself mm-hmm. and that I'm pretty enough, that I'm healthy enough, that I'm
1: desirable enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I can pinpoint.
1: Okay. Great. So it's an, I'm not good enough. I'm not healthy enough. I'm not desirable enough. I'm not pretty enough. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the belief, the belief system, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and. Where would you say that comes from? I mean, I know you shared with me a little bit about your health history and things like that have contributed to it. Bottom line that for me, though, now in, in, at this point in the conversation. Where that come from?
2: <clears throat> well, a lot of it is since I was a child. Um, I did uh, went through sexual abuse when I was five by a young teenage boy, um, which apparently had affected me so much that I repressed it. And in a retreat from church, it all all of the memories came out when I was like sixteen, and you know found that, oh my gosh, I did go through sexual abuse I never knew this um and and were and I found that a lot of what that Ruth cost that root mm-hmm. cost um then several the years growing up, I did have episode of molestation by cousins, female and male, which eventually led to cause some confusion in my sexuality in my early twenties sure. and um then um then dealing with this PCOS thing since I was a teenager, um you know a lot of the symptoms are external with you know skin, hair, all those things uh, weight um and and then when I mentioned that um I think it's that easy to mention in public, but I think, oh, it's very common, a lot of men deal with it, and maybe it's good to for them to know the impact they can have in their partners. But one of the things that may contribute to this is my husband has been uh, dealing with pornography for many years, Mm -hmm. um, which is completely opposite that behavior to the person he really is. He's Mm -hmm. the most loving, compassionate, sweet. um, I mean, he's a man that honestly in every other area of his life lives with integrity. um, And then he acknowledges that he feels like that's what takes over. It's really not him. And he's, very frustrated with that with himself, And based on that conversation we had recently about how the ways of death that has affected me to look at validation somewhere else where I don't feel replaced, it's led him to seek help, and thankfully now he's getting a lot of help with that. Mm-hmm. But um, so all of that in combination, I think, feeds that negative belief that I'm not
1: good enough. Right, so it sounds or like there's this, underlying, there's this underlying response to, uh, to his pornography addiction, would you call it? Yeah,
2: in, in yeah. part. So, and, not in all, because I don't know if that wasn't there, if this wouldn't be a problem. Because I know right. it's a heart problem, yeah. Right. But it can, sure. may be contributing, because it makes me frustrated and hurt and, and more comfortable with being okay with responding to other guys.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely so there's so there's a, so there's, the a so there's an underlying response to uh to the pornography addiction that mm-hmm. kind of reinforces what's going on for you and that well if I was desirable enough uh he mm-hmm. wouldn't need that is is, is right is, is that is that what's going on for you in there yes. even though yeah yeah and even though you might know consciously that's mm-hmm. not true right yeah. uh, underneath somewhere there's something that's getting triggered in there that 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 has that seem right. to be the case anyway, right? Um, so mm-hmm. let me ask you something um what after you discovered at your church retreat that there was the sexual assault mm-hmm. um and then after the the subsequent molestation that you talked about yeah. what what kind of professional help did you seek to deal with that?
2: Um, I did go to counseling um actually one of um One of the counselors in church was a a psychologist as well, Um, and that helped, but because what came out of the retreat was so, like, the way that I was able to deal with it was so powerful, you know, it didn't leave a trail of problems. I felt like I was able to deal with it rather quickly, Um, and, you know, I think the main core of healing did happen, um, but, you know, obviously it always leaves some deep, of you know the root of the issues and insecurities and stuff but um, i mean i feel i can speak comfortable about it now and not seem like it's something that directly has affected me but it's part of history which is why i mentioned it it's more the recent situations that i feel maybe i haven't dealt with completely i mean the stroke was just four years ago so that's very recent the pcos is something i'm still under treatment still trying to get under control Um, the, you know, the same with my husband, it's something that, uh, seemed to be a lot better when we got married and just got worse for a couple of few years. So this is the more recent stuff that I think has been impacting this
1: more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how long ago was it that you, uh, went for the counseling? Um, I was a teenager, so maybe
2: 12, 15 years ago something like that. Okay. Okay.
1: So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert in the effects of, uh, of sexual trauma and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. one thing I, I am somewhat aware of is the possibility of things happening, uh, later on in our lives that can reactivate the trauma or at Mm -hmm. least bring up parts of it. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. The you said when you were molested as a teenager, was that before or after the counseling that you, you had after the church retreat? Before. That before. was before. Okay. So the yeah. counseling dealt with all that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I, I'm i just wondering, and I'm not even – this isn't something that I even think you might know the answer to, but I'll just put it out there just because I, I wonder about it as I listen to you, is how much of – Uh, Dealing with with your husband's pornography addiction might be somewhat reactivating some of that stuff for you in a way that um, might make some more counseling, even if it's just uh, Mm short-term, really helpful and valuable for you. Yeah.
2: um, It's hard to relate... The, the feelings, I feel there were this, uh, different feelings involved. Um, from the only feeling I can remember from the instance when the abuse actually happened in the moment was um, shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that I didn't do anything wrong. I just knew that I was part of something that was very wrong. This couldn't be right. Mm -hmm. And when the little brother, he had taken me to the closet to do whatever he wanted to do. And his little brother found us and opened the closet door. And he kind of just left me half naked on the floor. And he ran away after his brother saying, I'm going to kill you if you say anything. And, And I felt discovered in something very bad. And I felt shame. That was the first feeling I remember. But then a complete blackout. I don't remember anything. All the feelings I felt about that was after that memory came up and I had to deal with it, mm. um, which was just, you know, hurt, abandonment, unsafety, you know, that's my big uh, father of gremlins and unsafe, you know. A lot of things I I, I realize the trigger that you're not safe, you know. If you're not loved enough, you're not accepted, decided enough, you're not safe, you know, because mm-hmm. I went through so many issues of not being safe, like the stroke, the abuse, the... You know, the health issues, It's you, you're just not safe. Um, but when it comes to this with the pornography no and all that, it's more of a feeling of replacement, you know, or not good enough in in that intimate level. Mm-hmm. Um, does
1: that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: But, yeah, yeah I mean, sure. counseling might, you know, definitely would help.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what my gut is is, is telling me here. You know, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that um, is important uh, as a coach uh, is to be able to recognize when there are issues that are coming up uh, for somebody mm-hmm. that I'm coaching that might uh, be more appropriate for therapy uh, mm-hmm. and, and other forms of counseling that are more in the mental health realm. Um, right. And, you know, and I mean, I have a, I have a master's in counseling, you know, and, and, and stuff, so I, I, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable uh, when those things come up. Yet at the same time, I also don't have the specific training to deal with those particular issues. So okay. uh, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't recommend... Uh, that you you check out that possibility and let Mm -hmm. you know a real qualified professional who really knows how to take care of you in this regard um, who Mm -hmm. has the training and the expertise to make the determination if you need any more of that kind of care or not Mm -hmm. Uh, you may you may not uh, you know I don't know um, but that's somebody who would be able to make that determination more accurately in a way that's you know safer for you um, you know um so what are, what are your thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, um I honestly haven't thought it it would come to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but um but it would you know it, it is something I would consider if I do want to get to the true depth of the situation and and make for a healthier um, quality of relationship between both of us. Um and yeah you can see how that can help definitely, although I do believe there's a lot of wonderful coaching skills that can also help, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: and you know it might be a matter of um, yeah, I know sometimes I have clients that are also in therapy, right um mm-hmm. so you know sometimes it's a matter of you can be doing both you know both of those both of those mm-hmm. different kinds of work at the same time um, you know, I kind of feel like sometimes it's about you know it's analogous to when you have a health concern and you don't know mm-hmm. if it's serious or not and you might want to do a holistic remedy right yeah. but what some people do is they'll first go to the medical doctor just to get evaluated and just get more information about what they're dealing with before they make the determination yeah. you know to go medical or holistic both of which right. are very valuable <laughs> modalities right um right. You know, so I, I feel like before you make a decision about uh, coaching around something like this or not, um, that you also mm-hmm. get that other piece of information so that you're making the most conscious decision you can. hmm Okay. So
2: yeah, I uh, can share that.
1: Great. And again, I also want to just reinforce for you that I think the courage that you have in dealing with this, in, 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 with all of this, the openness, the the ease with which you talk about it, um, I think shows some real strength uh, mm-hmm. that's enormously valuable in, in, in moving through this and getting to where you ultimately want to get with it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I can also see, you know, you talked about how you moved powerfully through it when, uh, when you worked with the counselor at the church. Um, yeah. And I suspect that your ease of talking about it is reflective of that. You know? Yeah,
2: no, I I do feel I've been through a lot of inner healing uh, process, and you know the biggest thing for learning to forgive was the biggest, um, mm-hmm. and I think that brings so much freedom, um, and and being more open to forgive and considering all the options and you know moving through, and also had a huge chunk of training through that after the stroke, recovering from being completely disabled and blind and. Just a complete mess to fighting through getting my life back pretty much. Um, Yeah. So I try not to let the little things get to me too much because I've been through a lot worse. And, you know, but you always strive for getting better at any area. So this is one of those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, Mm -hmm. working through stuff around recovering from a stroke and being completely disabled, I mean, that in and of itself. Is mm-hmm. is just monumental for anyone to have to deal with in their life, um, mm-hmm. you know. And then, of course, you know, what do they say in the coaching world? What What doesn't kill us makes a great seminar story, <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: So, As literature, yeah.
1: You know, you certainly have a yeah. great, inspiring story to share with mm-hmm. people, perhaps who are also going through similar things, you know, stroke yeah. rehab and stuff like that, uh, who feel like yeah. their lives are never going to get better. Um, yeah. You know. So
2: and that's my hope to to be able to work with survivors as a coach in the future
3: uh-huh. um, to
2: help them you know get that that uh, confidence and desire to you know accomplish great things in life, which might be a feeling you give up for a while when you're yeah. recovering um so so yeah, so I always strive to get better in that myself so. and I do want to mention that one of the things I think that's kept us kept us so strong despite Difficulties in my marriage. My husband was. We met a month before I had the stroke, and you know my husband has been through it from the very beginning, all the way wow. through it with me, and stuck by myself by myself all. So you know, just to show a little bit of you know the heart that he has and, um, and the strength that he's given me, he was. I I want to be almost the pillar of motivation for me to literally want to live. Because at some point I want to die and. And he was a big motivation for me to to get through it and fight through it and get better because he had faith in me. So I wanted to have faith in myself. And so we've been through too too much to let things like this get you know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, No, it sounds like you've got a really amazingly strong relationship, and that you're married to uh, to quite a good man. So. so great so what what do you think is your biggest insight as we bring this to a wrap-up what do you think mm-hmm. what's your biggest insight from this conversation the biggest takeaway
2: um the biggest takeaway is that the more I talk about it the more I realize um, I tend to be a very loving forgiving compassionate person and that's right not to you know boast about it, it's just the natural, more of like that motherly love with people, and I realize I don't give the same kind of mercy to myself in a lot of things, and mm. that I do need to learn to uh, see myself with that love and acceptance and mercy that, you know, God has for me and other people around me have for me, and and stop, you know, focusing more on the validation and the love I get from God and my husband more than, you know, the people around me that just whatever they say makes them feel good about themselves, you know, mm-hmm. but, but based on my response.
1: Great. Um, great. Yeah. Well, great, Lucia. Well, th- well, thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open with me, with, with our listeners, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I wish you the best of luck, and feel free to keep me posted uh, through Facebook mm-hmm. and whatever to, uh, you know, on, on, on how that goes for you. Um. And uh, if you would like a counseling or therapy referral, uh, I, can, I can also see what I could do to, to find you somebody as well. Okay, so. thank
2: you. I really appreciate it. And I hope that this helps someone out there um, in a similar situation and maybe with their same inner struggles that motivated them. And, and thank you so much for um, your, your acceptance and your non judgments through the whole call and, and for just uh, being such a great coach with me.
1: Ah, well, you're so welcome, Lucia. My my pleasure. So, uh, thank you again for calling in to Mark My Words, and have a great night.
0: You too. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you'll get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there are some great titles that relate even to tonight's topic. Titles like Dream Year Make the Leap from a Job You Hate to a Life You Love, written by Ben Arment and narrated by Sean Pratt. Somewhere along your road to adulthood, you pushed your dreams to the side. You had to pay bills. You feared taking a risk on yourself, and so you settled into an unfulfilling and perhaps even unpleasant career. Well, if it's any comfort, you're far from alone. 66% of Americans hate their jobs. But what if someone could guide you, step by step, as you identify, plan, and launch your dream career in just one year. Well, that's what Ben Armand does in his transformative coaching class, which has helped hundreds of people reinvent their lives to enjoy greater enthusiasm and fulfillment while also making a living. Now he's sharing his best insights, advice, and inspiring true stories in dream year. You'll find out how people just like you are discovering or rediscovering what they were truly born to do. And then following a proven process to make it real and then there's healing your inner child and yourself for life your guide to happiness healing your heart's wounds and loving yourself when you don't know how written by veronica bond and narrated by amanda smith learn the most effective way to heal your inner child and reconnect with your true self today pick this little book up and you'll never put yourself down again Maybe you suffer from emotional pain, or perhaps you feel wounded, deep inside, isolated like no one understands how much you suffer. Well, in this audiobook, you'll learn how to find your lost inner child, how to heal your emotional pain and suffering, key steps in recovering and healing your self-esteem, how to avoid being codependent, and much more. Healing your inner child and yourself for life is a cut-to-the-chase practical guide, the perfect choice for anyone who suffers severe emotional pain and feels all alone. Hopelessness and despair no longer have to be your heart's dwelling place. And now back to Mark My Words with certified life and business coach Mark Shaw.
1: And we're back here for the second half of Mark My Words. And we've got another caller on the line. So we've got Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Thank you for calling Mark My Words. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am feeling fantastic today, thank you. Well, great. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So thanks for being a listener, and thanks for calling in. How, what can I help you with this evening?
3: So I am calling you at a very exciting place in my life. I have waited forever, it feels like, so over a decade, to finally pull the trigger on my lifelong dream um, of start going full-time as a coach. So I have been... Completely enthralled in a relationship that I call my with with who I call my pimp, um, which is my <laughs> corporate job, <laughs> I love and that. lovingly That's great. <laughs> lovingly referred to it as my pimp because it is taking great care of me. I mean everything from the car to the credit cards, just all the perks that come with some corporate jobs. And I, I well, love. It I hope it's
1: lovingly, it. just in case they're listening to the
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> so lovingly, there's been no slaps or anything like that. It's a loving, loving relationship. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so you can call it my mama or my daddy instead of a pimp, maybe, because <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> have go. that negative connotation to it. You're but, leaving um, the nest. But yeah, I am. I'm leaving the nest, and I gave my resignation yesterday. And part of me is like, yes, finally, here we go. And part of me is like, oh, crap. So I thought, you know, I need to get coached around making it happen, overcoming the oh, crap feeling, and just getting a little bit of footing under
1: me for the next mm-hmm. few months. Okay, great. So first of all, congratulations, and, Thank and that's you. a huge, huge leap. Tell me how it feels to have done that. I mean, I hear oh, all the excitement God. and the joy in your voice, all right? So tell me how it feels. Oh,
3: yesterday. So I I did it yesterday, and the buildup was just intense. Like my stomach was in knots for a week because I really do love who I work with. They're they're really truly friends at this point and family, and so. I didn't want to let them down, um, but when I blurted those words out (laughs) that I am announcing my resignation, I just felt like doves just started flying, and I felt 50 pounds lighter in that moment. (laughs) It was so amazing, yeah, to be able to finally utter those words out loud that I've been plotting around and making plans and provisions for. It just felt really freeing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So, um, tell me a little bit about, in the big, in the big picture, why is it uh, important to you to have taken that leap?
3: Oh gosh, well, one of the main reasons is my philosophy with regards to my coaching practice and the people that I work with is that you as a coach cannot take your clients any further than you're willing to go, personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. I have quite a few clients who are entrepreneurial and that I, you know, am an encouraging coach to them around what they can do and what their capabilities are. And on some levels, I felt like I was a bit of a fraud because here I am straddling the fence, you know, with diffused energy and not really honoring my values as far as coaching fully. I wanted to play full out so that I can encourage my clients to play full out and so that I can engage with people that are willing to play full out because I embody that. So that's mm-hmm. the, one of the bigger reasons for it. And um, and really it's just been one of my dreams and goals to own my days and own my life and create the life that I desire, um, mm-hmm. working for myself and serving clients and
1: and helping them tap into their power. Great. So, So really what I'm hearing there is that this is kind of like, uh, a step that you feel you need to take in doing your own work as a coach, which is about, you know, taking leaps of faith, taking risks, um, and, you know, and making commitments to what you, you know, to what you what you want in your life. And that, that's kind of like what you need to be doing as uh, in your own life as a coach if you're going to be coaching your clients to do the same.
3: That's exactly right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very good. So tell me a little bit about the feelings of you said something like oh god what did i do or oh crap right what uh, <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about that part of it you know one thing
3: i've learned about myself is that i value security i value certainty and security <laughs> and so that is exactly what helped had me holding on so long was the security of the paycheck two times a month, and so on and so forth. And so while i worked out a plan to make this happen, and this has been in the makings for months now, it's not that I woke up yesterday and decided to do it on the fly. While that is the case, there's a part of me that is fearing, what did I do because I just let go of a secure, certain job. It, it, it fed my certainty. It fed my need for certainty, Right. And I'm hopping so, willingly
1: into a place of uncertainty. Right. So it's the risk of the uncertainty and and whatnot that uh, that yeah. has you a little fearful. How would you rate your level of fear on a scale of one to ten? One being there's no fear at all, and ten is like I'm I'm paralyzed.
3: <laughs> well, I've <laughs> my scale is a little sliding from day to day, <laughs> day, and sometimes moment to moment. At this moment right now, I am about a three to a four. Okay. And what's the, yeah. what's the
1: range that you fluctuate around?
3: Oh, I've been living at a 10 for years, um, mm-hmm. and then sliding down this last past year that I've been investing in my own coaching to eradicate myself of that paralyzing fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say I toggle between the 3, 4 that I'm at right now
1: uh-huh. to a 8. Okay, okay. so since, since you resigned... You've toggled. You've 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 ranged from three to eight. You kind of back and forth there.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I, I start to get in my head yeah. when I'm at an eight. Around sure. okay, well, now what do I do? And I start yep. panicking and I start
1: calculating numbers and
3: <laughs> yep. doing different yep. things to try to figure life out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so certainly, and that makes sense. I mean, look, the, the the leap that you took, you know, it's an enormous leap, and it's an exciting one, and it's a fearful one, uh, you know, it's a terrifying one. Uh, it's kind of like jumping out of a out of a plane, you know, with the, to to go uh, skydiving, right? It's like it's the most amazing thrill, and it also probably has the same, what did I just do? I hope I don't die moment. <laughs> yes um, yes it, totally right you know so um so okay very cool and what's the excitement level on a scale of one to ten? Oh my gosh it's a 10 10 10 10 great so you got a level 10 excitement and your fear ranges from three to eight okay so um so tell me what would you like to have happen as an outcome of our coaching conversation today I would
3: love to be able to feel more consistently a four or less on my fear scale.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because I feel like have... the fear. Go ahead. Well, what would have to happen in order for you to consistently be at a four?
3: For me to consistently be at a four, I feel like I would need to be taking consistent action to fill my practice and to fill my funnel and to do all of the projects that I'm working on that will begin to create a level of certainty with regards to the income coming from my practice. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay. Okay, great. Great. So um, it's about being in action and taking consistent actions to, to to fill your to fill your practice and your roster of clients. So, what? How do you feel about taking that kind of action?
3: I feel great about it. I'm very action oriented, and I, I like to constantly be doing things. I, what I feel like what makes me slide to an eight. Um, kind of going more towards the paralyzation, like what it would look like. What it looked like before was not leaving my corporate job. Now that that's in motion, what that looks like is stalling and procrastinating and playing on Facebook instead of doing what I need to be doing mm-hmm. with regard to my practice to growing it. Um, so I think okay. that's where my
1: eight—that's eight, how my eight manifests itself. Okay. okay. So it—it it sounds like that answers my next question, which was going to be what. Might get in your way of taking that kind of consistent action, and it sounds like you're saying procrastination and and dilly dallying uh, is, is are, are two things yes mm-hmm. what else um,
3: I would say oh gosh, um, starting things and not finishing them I'm great at. I have a million and one ideas mm-hmm. um. And so I'll start something and not finish it, or I'll hop around, right? So instead of saying, today I'm going to work on this for two hours, as I'm starting to work on option A, let's say it's a retreat, as I'm working on it, my mind will start spinning to something else, and then I'll hop to that other thing, never really finishing it. Right. project, and
1: move it forward. You take the shiny but, yeah. object approach. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> I'm very familiar
1: lunch. with that. <laughs> very familiar with that myself. Um, okay. So, let me ask you this. When it comes to procrastinating, putting off, not finishing, dilly-dallying on Facebook, what's underneath those behaviors? What's underneath it that's driving those behaviors? Like what are the thoughts that are going on in the moment that you're doing that?
3: I I'm thinking, "Oh, this will never work." Or what if I get no response to this? Um, I'm afraid that this is going to be a failure, or I'm afraid that this is going to be more work than I'm willing to do on this. Or I sometimes I feel like I don't know
1: what I'm doing. Okay. So the thoughts that, that are there are, like, this will never work. What if I don't get any clients, right? Um,
2: yeah.
1: And then you said that you feel fearful when that happens. That's when the fear That's when the fear starts. Yeah. Um, And then what is it that you do when you're thinking and feeling that stuff? You procrastinate. I
3: I procrastinate, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, of course, when you're thinking things like, oh, this isn't going to work, and, you know, I'm not going to get enough clients, well, of course you're going to feel fearful, right, and then procrastinate. So that's normal. So I'm curious what difference it would make for you um, if you had a different set of thoughts and feelings around it?
3: Oh, I think it would make a huge difference.
1: It make a huge difference. Yeah, I think so. Uh huh. Okay. So, th- what would a, what would a new thought be that you can replace the uh, the ones that you just shared with when they come up?
3: Ooh. Hmm. I never really thought it, thought about it like that. I I could possibly replace replace it with, this is the best idea ever. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. wait to finish it and see how it turns out. Uh huh. Um. Oh my gosh! All the people are going to be clamoring to get to these things. Um, okay. This is going to be. Everything I thought it would be, and more, mhm, okay, great. If you were thinking those things,
1: how would that feel?
3: Uh, just even saying it or taking my brain to that place is making me feel so light, and like I can almost picture myself just typing away happily on my computer, listening to music, and you know working through it to just keep the creation going,
1: yeah. Yeah, so even just saying it now, playing it out when it's not actually happening, sounds like it creates a bit of a shift in you.
3: Yeah, totally. It really yeah. does. Like, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, I pictured myself before just taking something and putting it to the side and kind of it's a gr- almost like a grudgeful feeling going through creating because it may or may not work and da-da-da, but now thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be amazing. Um, and having that excitement around it, it, it really does
1: shift. Yeah, my energy. Yeah. So if you were thinking this is the greatest idea and people are going to be like clamoring at the door for me, <laughs> and you're feeling so <laughs> much lighter and motivated, what would you then do?
3: Oh, so much. I would. I think I would. Ha- I would happily finish what I start, and I because I couldn't. I would. I would be so excited mm-hmm. to share it. Like. Yeah. Look what I'm working on. Here's what I've got. Like, you know, because I, I talk to so many people about my concepts and what I'm curating curating and putting together. And um, I want to be able to deliver on those things and not be one of those people that just talks. And sure. so getting so stuck in those modes. Yeah, I would totally. Sharing is very
1: exciting for mm-hmm. you, I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Excellent. Excellent. So, um,. What's the first thing, the first thing that you would do? You said there's a lot that you can do once you kind of have that shift, right? What's the very first thing you would do that maybe you've been putting off the most?
3: I would create an outline for my fourth quarter project. So I'm going to focus on a certain niche of people. Um, namely women that are dealing with overwhelm in their Mm lives. And all of my products are going to align with that niche market and who I want to reach. So it can range everywhere from one-on-one coaching to a retreat that I'm offering that's going to aid women that are facing overwhelm and want to find a sense of peace and balance in their lives. And the one thing I need to get done that would all of those things and the marketing of all those things is to create an outline of who I want to focus on how I want to do the marketing and you know pick dates for certain things but if I had my my framework for what it would look like that would set everything else in motion
1: hmm okay so you're saying you would you would actually set up your framework yeah okay what's the first step that you can take to begin setting that up hmm like something that you I can, can do this week.
3: I can just kind of jot it down, like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, jot down all my points, like who I'm going to serve, mm-hmm. what problem I'm solving, mm-hmm. how I'm going to solve that, and then what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's kind of the framework. <laughs> you just yeah, sure. It. And that yeah. sounds
1: like that's the beginnings of a business and marketing plan. Yeah. Right? So so that's great. So tell me, when do you want to complete that initial little draft outline by?
3: You know, I want to do that before I head off on vacation Thursday. I can totally do that okay. by tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, how would you feel about sending me a note, Facebook, email me to let me know that you've done it? I'll totally do that, yes. Ah, cool. Excellent. <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, and I, I'm wondering, too, what it would be like if you were to maybe have some of those new thought statements printed out where you can see them when you're working
3: so that,
1: that way they're there and they're ready for you to go when, uh, you know, when the gremlins start coming up and all those other thoughts start creeping in, it would be easier for you to shift to the, to, to the new thoughts. How helpful would something like that be? That would be phenomenal. I have notes and thoughts and words
3: and phrases hanging all around my house, (laughs) as it is, and they do wonders for me. So that would be great to add those new thoughts
1: where I could see them. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, when do you want to do that by and and let me know? Tomorrow it is. Tomorrow as well. Very cool. Yeah.
3: Or actually, I can do those tonight. I can write because I like to write those on blank sheets of paper with my Sharpie.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, and let me also just acknowledge, I mean, it's, it's so normal when starting a new venture to feel fear from time to time. So I think it's important that you not beat yourself up when the fear shows up. And just, you know, acknowledge it. It's normal. It's totally normal. Um, it's, it, it, to be conscious of it is really the key. So when you start feeling the fear, to have that sort of be a, a trigger for you to go, oh, time to shift to the new thoughts and then they'll be there in front of you right and you just get up say them out loud and then take the next action with excitement with the excitement and enthusiasm that I'm hearing just like overflowing from you um, you know as as you speak about putting it out there and discussing it with other people
3: totally I, I, I never even thought about you know the conscious shifting of the thinking, you know, in that moment, you know, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like I feel those feelings, I think those thoughts, and I just tumble into the the, the procrastination. I absolutely love that idea of saying, no, this is amazing what you're creating. Because when I do talk to people about it verbally, they are excited about what I'm creating. You know, it's Mm -hmm. only those times where I'm alone actually creating it that I do hear those those gremlins. So
1: I love that. I really, really do. That's great. That's great. And uh, how much of a team of people do you have around you to keep motivating you and inspiring you on a daily basis? Oh, I got a good team. I have an awesome tribe oh, in wonderful. different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great because you know relying on them can be really, really helpful. You know, somebody oh, totally. to call, somebody to call when you need to shift and can't. You know, if if that happens. Um, and it sounds like you've got uh, quite a tribe, as you said, to be able to do that. So.
3: I do, yeah. I'm super excited about that. I've, I've kind of assembled them in the last year, which is, the timing has been awesome, and yeah, I will, even more so now that I've I've launched out on this journey and, you know, resigned from my job, that they will be on speed dial <laughs> as <laughs> I get these moments of fear out of, you know, when I'm out, now that I'm out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, cool. sure. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, you know, I'll tell you, Bridget, I could tell you, you're going to that you're you're an awesome coach. You're going to be an awesome coach. Um, it's, it's your energy, your enthusiasm, your your fire for life um, really says all that to me. So uh, I, I think that's great. And you've got you've got people out there waiting to work with you. That are down do they're, clamoring. they're pounding on the door, but they don't even know it yet. <laughs> you just have to go well, find I, them.
3: I do, I do. Thank you so much, Mark. That's awesome, and I appreciate your kind words and. Reinforcement. I am beyond excited and this is this conversation's been such a perfect place to boost. Um and I almost feel like it's like medicine that I'm taking preemptively for when I do hit those moments where I'm like, What did I do? Okay, wait. Uh-huh. Remember, here's what I'm doing. Let me let me consciously shift yep. into a different thought. So thank you.
1: Great. Well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Glad I can help. I look forward to hearing the updates, and uh, thank you so much for calling into the show tonight, Bridget.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate
1: it. You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for tonight as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash network and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night.